welcome to From the Frontline. Tonight we'll be discussing We Are at War. And the Apostle Paul says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities over this present darkness. Good evening, Dr. Hammond. It's good to have you. Good evening. Well, we certainly are at war. And of course, we've been deluged with images and war talk about Ukraine. And that is a very serious conflict in our hearts and prayers go out to Many friends there. We've got Ukrainian, Russian friends, missionaries from South Africa, even uh, working up in Ukraine. And uh, that, of course, is one of the conflict regions. But it's not the main conflict. In mm. fact, that's just one symptom of a massive world war of worldviews, a clash of civilizations. And we can see that there's a battle for the mind, there's a battle for the heart, there's a battle for the family, there's a battle for marriage. Hmm. Marriage itself's become battlefield. As goes the home, so goes the nation. And so the family is the basic building block of society. And we've got gender wars. We've got the war against the children. We've got the war against the womb. Hmm. In fact, right now, Roe v. Wade is being discussed as to whether that's going to be scrapped after 50 years of hmm. forcing states to accept legalized abortion, no matter what their laws were. And that looks like that's about to be overturned. Uh, these are, are part of the wars, but you can see there's a battle over education, there's a war against God. Hmm. There's not just persecution of the church, but we can see there's a Christophobia, there's a hostility to Jesus Christ, there's a blasphemy coming on through Hollywood and so on. And so when we look around, we've got to recognize there are a lot of battles right now. There's wars over words. Hmm. Truth is even uh, a, a battlefield right now. And there's, in the name of hate speech laws, those who hate the truth are trying to call truth hate speech. And hmm. Um, you would have thought the truth doesn't fear investigation. But unfortunately, um, it seems there are censors out there who are trying to wage war. Now they're extremely angry that um, Elon Musk is trying to restore freedom of speech to Twitter. And th mm. Some people think it's a threat to democracy. I would have thought the censorship and the deplatforming that's been going on is more of a threat to free speech. Mm. But some people seem threatened by freedom of speech and freedom of thought and freedom of association. We've got a lot of battles against our faith and freedoms, including in the name of fighting a virus, shutting down churches, locking down churches, putting all kinds of restrictions, trying to mandate people to get vaccinations. So you can see there's a lot of battles on the go right now. And education is a battlefield. Entertainment is a battlefield. The news media is a battlefield. So I do think we need to recognize the fact that there's a much bigger conflict going on and the conflict in Ukraine is serious, but there's a lot of others in our backyard that affects every one of us. Mm. And you hold to a eschatology of victory, as you would say, that Christ indeed will reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. So in just discussing these different battlefields, it may seem to the average listener that, oh, wow, it looks like everything's terrible. This is horrible. We aren't actually seeing any victory in the gospel. Do, do you think we're actually seeing more... Uh, victory for Christ's name where we are today than, say, a thousand years ago or 1,500 years ago? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, yes. I mean, just imagine how excited Martin Luther would be to um, have the internet and all the different mm. other digital platforms that we've got today. I mean, he used the best technology of his time, the printing press, and he made a stand. But right now, I think many of us see our position like that of the Dutch, mm. building dikes to keep out the ocean tides from the land, and much of which is below sea level. And uh, I remember 
uh, the story about the little Dutch boy who's uh, putting his finger in the hole in the dike to stop the leak while his sister went to raise the alarm and get help. Well, many Christians see our position a similar way. The tide of humanism, atheism, threatening to overwhelm and flood everything that we love and hold dear. And we're told, trying to hold back the tide of the ocean of paganism. Hmm. However, we should consider the fact that the situation is actually the reverse. Hmm. It's not our calling to hold back the tide of paganism, but rather to turn the tide of Christianity. Time and history and the power of Almighty God are on our side. Hmm. God is all-powerful. He is the God of history as well. And time is actually on our side. We are called to be the light of the world. All the darkness cannot put out the smallest candle. And even a flickering candle can defeat the darkness around it. Not all the darkness can put out the smallest light. It is the humanists who are frantically building dikes to keep out the rising tide of Christianity. Because Christianity is rising. And in something like 60 countries around the world, Christians are being persecuted for their faith. That represents about 400 million Christians are living under governments that have laws that restrict and discriminate against and persecute Christians. Sometimes mm -hmm very violently and viciously, like North Korea and Saudi Arabia. But we've got a lot of hostility to Christianity in countries like Red China and Pakistan. And we need to recognize that it's the world who's trying to put up dikes to prevent the gospel getting out, to prevent the Christian films getting out, to prevent... They've got what they call the Great Firewall of China, which is in many ways trying to keep out the gospel and other influences of freedom of speech and so on out of China digitally. And the scripture says in... Habakkuk 2 verse 14, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now, when I first read that, I thought it was saying that um, the world will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the earth. Hmm. But actually it says as the waters cover the sea. So originally I thought, gee, this means that uh, the world could be 70% evangelized. But, but in fact, it's not as the waters cover the earth, it's as the waters cover the sea, which means mm. how much of the sea is covered with water? All of it. Pretty much 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this is the message that we get in the gospel. All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto Christ. Therefore, we go and make disciples of all nations, teaching obedience to all things the Lord has commanded. This is what we pray for in the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so uh, it's not us who are needing to uh, build up dikes to keep out atheism and paganism as much as we need to be storming the gates of hell because gates don't defend, gates attack. And when we understand this, it becomes clear that it's the paranoid atheists and humanists who desperately try to plug up the cracks in their dikes as the rising tide of Bible-based evangelical Christianity and home-educated kids threaten to sweep away the filth and rebellion against Almighty God. And so I do believe that uh, uh, we are seeing many holes in the dikes of the news media and the dikes of education. So if you just think of how desktop publishing and the World Wide Web and social media have opened up avenues for mass communication that was once reserved for billionaires, media mongols who could own printing presses, well, now a housewife and somebody with a computer can actually communicate quite a lot. Hmm. And uh, we've seen all kinds of spiritual hunger growing, people turning to God, transformation, prayer meetings, mighty men's conferences, stadium events. The dikes of humanism are being shattered by movements like Answers in Genesis, Way of the Master, Focus on the Family, the Creation Museum, the Ark Encounter. Uh, all of these represent seismic events which are putting major cracks in the dikes of humanism. And these are just a small foretaste of 
a great spiritual tsunami when God will choose to send a spiritual revival that will fill the earth with the knowledge of the Lord as the seas are full of water. And the dikes of humanism will not be able to stand. Mm. <clears throat> so you've mentioned a lot of different various battlefields and battles that we're engaged in as a church, as the people of God, as cultures. Uh, where would you see maybe if you had to say the top two or top three fronts that we really ought to be pressing back against as a culture, as the church. Um, what are the key areas that we really should be standing our ground? I mean, all these are important. We're talking about mm. uh, family issues, pro-life issues, a lot of these different things. But what, what would you say are some of the key, maybe two or three, that we should really well, be standing against? Absolutely foundational is education. Now, the Marxists, the uh, secular humanists and the Marxists identify five culture-carrying institutions of study, five culture-carrying or culture-transforming institutions Education, entertainment, news media, religious institutions, political institutions. Mm. But of these, education is the key. I mean, mm. it's the thumb. Uh, everyone in news media, entertainment industry, religious and political institutions are affected by education. So that's really absolutely vital. And nearly 500 years ago, the German reformer Dr. Martin Luther warned, I'm much afraid that schools will prove to be wide gates to hell mm. unless... They diligently labor in explaining the Holy Scriptures, engraving them in the hearts of youth. I advise no one to place his child where the Scriptures do not reign paramount. Every institution in which men are not constantly occupied with the Word of God must become corrupt. Hmm. And so, yes, the schools are key. And we don't see in the Bible that the people of God sent their children to the Philistines to be trained. And, hmm. and right now, I'm afraid we're sending our children to something worse than the Philistines in many cases as James Dobson said of folks in the family that in many cases, a lot of schools today are more like child abuse and mm. it's more like indoctrination and education. And there's so much of not just critical race theory and gender confusion mm. and trans, uh, trans, not just transhuman, uh, transgenderism, yeah. uh, weird things going on there. And there's some very bizarre um, uh, of child abuse going on in many cases, mm. in many schools in terms of what they're exposing the children to, things that used to be banned. I mean, Perverse pornography now going even into grade schools and into primary schools, just shocking. And to think of the hysteria when you get a state like Florida coming out with legislation to prevent sexual education of uh, kindergarten children and grades mm. one to three, which is, you know, really. Um, <laughs> that should be common sense. You, you've got to be. And next thing, there's uh, all this screaming blue murder from some of the extreme radical left that um, this is some kind of threat to free. Since when do any children need to mm. know anything along that line? Anyway, they've got parents. Mm. Uh, and this is a matter more for the church and the, and the family than anything to do with the state schools. So you can see there is a war, uh, a battle over education, a battle in the classroom, a battle for the hearts and minds of the next generation. So I would say that is probably the most important. The scripture is so important. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Mm. Hosea 4 verse 6. And Judges 2 verse 10. Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done. Mm. And so plainly, uh, one of the greatest dangers is if we have a new generation rising up, we're going to be indoctrinated and subverted and seduced by the world instead of educated and grounded in the faith and the fear of mm. God. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so investing in the next generation is the most strategic, important thing we can do. Mm. And in fact, many Christians who 
raise their children up to love the Lord and to know the Lord. Once their children go off to state universities, I think it's 75% end up walking away from the faith. And so, I mean, it's so key that you're not only educating them in the word, but how to actually address the issues of the world, if you will. How do you actually stand against your, (laughs) you have this sheltered child now, you've raised them up and they go into university and then they're just not ready to face the onslaught of different worldview issues of atheism, of Marxism, of all these different things, and then gender. I mean, all these different issues then come sort of crumpling down on them. And then they're told this narrative that, oh, all the missionaries, they were just colonialists and they were seeking to destroy society and everything bad that's happened to the world is because of the Christians. And I mean, it's hard for them even to know how to begin to address these issues. Mm -hmm. And so that their faith easily sort of starts crumbling apart. And we found this when we're on the university campuses. Many Christians we speak to, well, they're, well, I was a Christian, and now I don't really know what I believe. I mean, you have a lot of people in crisis of faith as you just go up and talk to them about the gospel on the university campus. It's it's a serious issue, the, the battlefield for the mind. It is, and uh, you cannot trust any government or state with the molding of the minds of future voters. I mean, there's a conflict of interest there. And God commands his people, learn not the way of the heathen. Mm. Jeremiah 10 verse 2. So the control of education should be in the hands of parents. Mm. I mean, who cares about children more than the parents? And the content of education should be Bible-based and character-shaping. I mean, that's the most important thing about education. It's not teaching a whole lot of facts. Mm. It's it's building character. I remember when I was going to school, I mean, talking about a long time ago, but it was all about character and discipline and respecting your elders and standing up uh, when adult walks in the classroom and tipping your hat to any ladies mm. on the streets and uh, the hymsing and the code of conduct and honor and uh, uh, everything from not having your hands in your pockets uh, to uh, how your posture uh, to being good sportsmen, win graciously, lose graciously, always mm. congratulate your opponents on the result even when you've lost and things like this. And the character was far more important in many ways, uh, I think, than, than what they taught us. And besides of which, as one of my teachers said, you must always ask why. You've got to think critically. Think outside the box. Don't just accept the textbook. You know, do independent research. And, and this is obviously important. So the scripture makes it clear. Children are made in the image of God. Children don't belong to the state. They're not made in the image of Caesar. They're entrusted to parents to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And so uh, it's so important, I, I would say, even before the, the battle uh, that's raging in our civilization out there, the educational battle is so fundamental, so foundational. If we do a good job of home education, independent Christian education, Christian schools, private schools, church schools, you know, these will build the future. But uh, and not to say we shouldn't have adults who are teachers going into state schools in order to be a good influence there, that's fine. But I don't think you should be sending children to be missionaries in a state school Hmm. uh, because a missionary needs to be trained. And how do they get trained if you're getting the training over to the Philistines, so to speak? Hmm. Yeah, that's such a key area that we're actually sending our children to a place that fears the Lord, that loves the Lord, that's going to raise them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. So that's sort of the one first primary area, you'd say education. What would be the next area you'd say we should focus? Education and what? Well, when you think of the battle for the mind and the battle for the heart, then I would think, you know, your news media and your entertainment industry are really, really key. So, yes, uh, here you're getting a battle for history. In fact, it was Karl Marx who said the first battlefield is the rewriting of history. And, oh, have the communists been busy 
rewriting history. In fact, in George Orwell's 1984 book, uh, the job of the Winston Smith, the key character around which the book is written, is rewriting history to where, the, mm. where there's an endless present where the party is always right, where you reinterpret everything and where you can't change it and distort the history, you just delete it. And mm. they people become unpersons and they vaporize and they disappear down the memory hole. And mm. all the thought police and uh, newspeak and ah, it, but we've seen it come about. I mean, what he was warning about in 1948 when he wrote the book 1984. Uh, how could he have even seen this coming? And yet uh, it now looks like some countries and governments are using 1984 as a manual <laughs> instead of as a warning. I mean, I think mm. like, the way how some governments are behaving, thought police, censorship, thought crimes, I mean, unbelievable, but mm. we're there. So, yes, I would think that the information that we receive is so key. And when you have Hollywood coming out with a inspired by real events and uh, based on a true story. An almost true story. We just yeah. changed the important facts. <laughs> yes, you know, the names and the places are true, but the facts have been changed in order to villainize the victims and to uh, demonize the opponents and to uh, victimize the villains. And in many cases, what's happened is such a distortion where literally the, the criminals are made to look good and, uh, and the past and the parents are normally made to look very bad and so on. So we, we need to be very alert uh, to the news media and support alternative, independent, Christian, God-honoring media and entertainment. We shouldn't be, you know, what do we expect from Hollywood if, you know, the, the likes of the Harvey Weinsteins of this world, when you know, cocaine-sniffing drug addicts, pedophiles and predators and so on are producing a lot of the entertainment, what do we think they're going to be communicating? Well, as it so happens, we don't need to guess. It's lots of blasphemy, lots of perversion, lots of attacks on society, lots of twisting of history, lots of rewriting of history. And so we've got to be very critical. We need our brains in gear. We can't just have our brain in neutral, thinking, oh, I'm being entertained. Well, you know, a 30-second advert costs a lot of money, and it's worth a lot because a 30-second advert can influence people's buying choices hmm. and and can have a huge impact on the economy. I mean, Coca-Cola doesn't put hundreds of millions of dollars into adverts just for fun. Um, they get returns. And if you think a 30-second advert can influence you, what do you think a one-and-a-half-hour or two-hour film can do? Hmm. And people must think, oh, well, it's just for entertainment. No, well, when you listen to a lot of the directors, scriptwriters, producers, even some of the actors, many of them have an agenda. And they're particularly trying to push, whether it's the LGBTQ or the gender confusion or socialism or Marxism or some kind of anti-Christian agenda. They've got an agenda. I mean, I can't even write a letter without injecting my Christian reformed perspective into a letter uh, to the press or something. You can be sure I wouldn't produce a book or a video or a lecture that isn't completely in keeping with my worldview and my commitment to the Great Commission. Well, Marxists are just as dedicated to getting their message out. And we mustn't expect someone who's a secular humanist or an evolutionist uh, to not be injecting his message in a film that he's investing how many millions into and so on. So, yes, let, let's be very careful and realize that there's a, a battle for the mind and for the heart, which you see in entertainment and the news media. Mm. And most people, when they see these Hollywood movies or hear these different stories or this is a true story and then they watch the film they think that is history they don't actually have the tools to really discern how to actually find out what the truth is what are what are some tools you'd say the average person could could have sort of in their tool belt to be able to 
sort of sift through the mm. worldview issues as they watch these films and as they see news media and they hear the the lies that are out there. But it's hard for them to discern, well, is this true? Is this false? Yes. How can they even discern that? Yes, and there's a whole lot of questions, and we ask these questions in our books like Biblical Principles for Africa and our Biblical Worldview uh, seminars and summits. Uh, who's the hero? Who's the villain? What does this uh, film or book or article uh, teach us about God, about man, about the family, about marriage, about the church? Uh, what does it reveal about man's sinfulness? What does it reveal about ethics and the afterlife? And so when you ask questions like this, and then you can also ask some other very tough questions like, what would I do differently if I was the main character or protagonist in this mm. film? Uh, would you be embarrassed watching this film with your parents or your children? Um, mm. And uh, But there's a ministry that's dedicated to helping us to understand this, and that's Movie Guide. Uh, Dr. Ted Bear of Movie Guide org movieguide.org you go onto movieguide.org website and they've got evaluations of all sorts of films and they look at it from the perspective not just the content but the worldview not only the bad content and the good content but what's the message sometimes you can even have a film that's got no overtly bad content but the message hmm. is bad like remember watching one film that looked absolutely wonderful and the last few moments i saw actually it was a total promo for euthanasia hmm. and it was, um, you know, Me Before You or something like that. It mm. was such a nice film, most of the way through, you know, carrying on. And at the end, one of the protagonists commits suicide and, and the other one is meant to be okay mm. with this. And just, oh, this is shocking. And uh, another time thought, oh, we're going to see some sort of espionage spy uh, Second mm. World War film uh, on the imitation game. Yeah. And next thing you know, oh, it's some homo promo. Yeah, that uh, was quite a shock at the end I mean, of that film. talk about bait and switch. The mm. amount of times they advertise a film, you see the trailer and you think, oh, that's going to be nice or good. And, I've got and meanwhile, they've taken that to lure you in and then they've got a message and it's like, oh, did they smack you between the eyes with their propaganda? And, I don't like being lied to and mm. deceived like that. And, um, and yet, unfortunately, I think many people put up with it because it happens often and most don't have their discernment switched on and in gear when it comes to entertainment. And assume I'm just being entertained, you know, this is relaxation. We need to realize this is a serious battle for the heart and mind. Mm. So you'd say asking those probing questions are actually key as you're watching some of this media. What does it teach about God? What does it teach mm. about man? You're sort of dissecting the worldview. So you're going in as a detective, if you will. What are they yes. actually trying to communicate here? Rather than just passively turn it on, watch it. Okay, turn it off. That was interesting. Mm. You actually should be critically thinking through it and actually helping your family critically think yes. through it as well. And what's helped me to get thinking through this too was meeting Dr. Ted Bear, who became a good family friend over many years. And uh, I've been in his homes, both in his Atlanta and in Los Angeles, and then getting the Movie Guide magazine emails and going on the website regularly. And uh, frequently when my children are, oh, you know, I want to go and see this film with friends and say, have you checked what Ted Bear says? Okay, and they go on and check what, what does Movie Guide say about this film? And then you're, oh, minus four. <laughs> and, you know, um, a lot of bad things. So you can't just tell from the advert because the post and the advert's often deceptive. It's misleading. But when you go into Movie Guide and it'll tell you, what's good, what's bad, and it evaluates both the quality and the message and the worldview behind. And also, um, you don't, you can skip the spoiler alerts if you plan to see the film, um, which they will clearly mark. Uh, if you, and they normally don't tell you exactly what the twists and turns mm -hmm. are in the film um, because they don't want to ruin the experience, but they want you to know enough to make a decision. And so when you look and think, actually, I don't want to um, 
endure that and I would not like to subject my children to that. And Okay, we'll skip that. So mm. clean the screen. Know before you go. Mm. I think that's the idea. Do a bit of research. Don't just follow the herd and especially youngsters need to watch out. You know, you go with a group of youngsters to the mall and, oh, what was he? I don't know. Well, this looks good. And then everyone sort of follows and, uh, you know, you suffer for the next two hours, whatever the decision was. But if you know before you go, you can actually do some research and everyone says, let's do this, which the media is saying is great. And you can say, well, did you know this, this, and this? Let's mm. rather choose. And you've done your research and you know what's a good family-friendly film that's offering at the same time. And then you can help be a good influence to your friends instead of going along with the sheep and, and really regretting some unforgettable trash later. Mm. And another good site that we often use is a focus on the family ministry called Plugged In. And they have good reviews as well that tell you what's the spiritual content, what is it communicating, what's the sexual content, what's the violence, what profanity is in it. And then they give you an overview. Is this movie actually worth seeing or not? And they'll say, yeah, it's meant to be a kid's movie, but stay at home rather. And it's helpful having those sort of reviews from movieguide, pluggedin.com. Then another uh, site that's quite helpful is VidAngel, which actually you can filter out some of the filthy content from your film. So you can say, I don't want to hear the blasphemy. I don't want to hear the language. I don't want to see these... Uh, inappropriate scenes and so you can actually watch some films and they become oh these are actually pretty decent films to see so we've sort of talked about the film side of things but in terms of news media then how do you discern that because that can be really complex especially with the censorship of social media Uh, basically every news site nowadays is giving you some sort of misinformation so to actually get some good solid unbiased news i think is almost a thing of the past anymore these days. Yeah, um, you know, bear in mind, words are weapons, and there's a lot of toxic terminology, a lot of weaponizing of words. And in the world of worldviews, words are weapons. Ideas have consequences. Terminology is not neutral. So, for example, uh, when they're speaking about pro-choice, well, are they really pro-choice when it comes to education? They might be pro-choice when it comes to abortion, but are they pro-choice when it comes to education? Can parents choose uh, the content and the control the education that the children get. And then what about this? Um, well, I'm pro-choice to say, and then you say, well, my body, my choice. Um, what about wearing masks and vaccinations? No, you don't have any choice when it comes to masks. You don't have any choice when it actually comes to your body through vaccinations. Mm. But when it might be another body, and let's face it, a baby is another body. I mean, they've mm. got, who has two hearts and two... Two separate uh, sets of DNA. And, 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 and you know, it might be two genders. Um, mm. Of course, these days... We don't want to get into that discussion, but <laughs> some people might claim that they're two genders. But the fact is, throughout most history, most women know that, you know, they might have a male baby in them, and that is not their body. It's a different body within their body, and they're the life givers, yes. Uh, but you can't say my body, my choice, when it's already another body. Mm. So it's still, uh, you can see uh, there's all kinds of uh, terminology. So they'll, for example, speak about protesters, you know, and Protesters burning this, looting that. Wait a minute. Protests are by definition peaceful. Uh, when it's damaging of property and attacking lives, stone throwing, burning and so on, isn't that a riot? Hmm. So to speak about protesters when it's actually a riot is, is dishonest speech. And, and you can see how there's a suffocating of free speech when they speak about a hate speech bill. Well, it's actually a hateful censorship bill that hmm. is um, because truth is hate to those who hate the truth. Mm. Truth should not fear investigation, but here you've got a whole lot who are trying to wage war on truth by censoring. I mean, take this hysteria that Elon Musk would like to have a platform with more freedom of speech where even his worst critic would be free on the internet. And some people think that's sinister, dangerous for democracy. And 
well, surely we need more free speech, not more censorship. You would have thought. Mm. But the way a terminology is used, and uh, then there's people who promote racism while pretending to oppose racism. And they are coming up with, we need more racial quotas, and we need more, uh, uh, not on the basis of the content of a person's character, but on the basis of the color of their skin. We're going to exclude this person uh, from the sports team. We're going to add this person to this. And there's so much uh, that you can see in the terminology in the news media, there's a lot of um, falsehood. So, Remember George Orwell's 1984, war is peace, ignorance is knowledge, slavery is freedom. And hmm. we're seeing it today. Have you noticed how Marxists call their violent riots protests? And they call the murder of babies choice. And they call perversion an alternative lifestyle. And hate speech, politically correct. And racism, their racism, they're called diversity. Hmm. And their intolerance is called tolerance. Name of tolerance, we beat free speech and Sound to death. Um, their violence is called peace somehow. And the looting of flat screen TVs is called a protest. And free speech is now called hate speech and a thought crime, effectively. <clears throat> so it's quite plain <coughs> that what we've got today is you've got to repeat the radical revolutionary rhetoric or else, or you get all kinds of brandings, and you have the right to choose anything that that the left agrees with, and you don't have the right to agree anything that the left disagrees with. Well, you can see how temper tantrum tactics and uh, the whole liberal gospel of victimization and uh, all of this is toxic terminology, and we need to actually resist, and we need to uh, understand that um, uh, Marxist hypocrisy that we're seeing a lot in the media needs to be challenged. And that's why why continue to subject yourself to the Bolshevik Broadcasting Corporation, mm. to the Clinton or Communist News Network, or to the Sunday Crimes? I mean, we need to support free, independent, Christian, God-honoring media. And there are alternative medias. Thankfully, in this age of the World Wide Web and different podcasts and platforms, you can find a reliable source of info, which is not going to be the one that's normally uh, chaired on by um, the Democrat White House or uh, by the UN, and uh, uh, who are willing to give both sides and willing to be fair and free and not censoring alternative opinions. So alternative news media, well worth supporting. Mm. And I think a big issue we see in so much of the news media is people speak in sound bites rather than in consistent arguments and logic. And so people pick up these sound bites and then they just repeat them. And so it's just one sound bite against another sound bite and you just start throwing mud at each other. Rather than actually having an education system that's taught people to think critically, okay, mm. what is true? What, what does a soundbite actually mean? What worldview does it actually reflect? What are they actually saying? Let's actually take apart that argument and see, does it hold water? Instead, it's just, oh, we're just saying this little quippy thing, and then we say another quippy thing, and then we just start fighting, <laughs> rather than to be able to actually engage in proper logic and reasoning with each other. Yes, uh, throwing accusations, soundbites, and characterization of one another is not meaningful, intelligent discussion. Mm. We've got to do better than that. But I've noticed in this clash of civilization, in this world war of worldviews, we need to confront and counter the spirit of the age. Hmm. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, not the removal, by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove or test what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, of course, the world is pushing evolutionism. Because evolutionism, you came from nothing, you're going nowhere, life is meaningless. That means there's no God, there's no 
eternal life. There's no day of judgment. There's no right and wrong. And so evolutionism, in fact, prepares way, as Stalin said, evolution prepares for revolution, which is quite mm. true. And so evolution, you came from nothing, you're going nowhere, life is meaningless. You went from molecules to mud to man, monkeys to man, and a whole lot of time and a whole lot of nothing made everything. That is a very important a gospel message of the left. And if you question it, you're guilty of treason, heresy, and uh, they've got an inquisition to deal with you and get you to lose your job as a mm. professor in a university, or you could be um, uh, actually lose your position in uh, even as a student. Uh, sometimes if you won't repeat the evolutionary garbage in many kinds of universities. So evolution versus creation. Abortion versus choose life. The worship of pleasure versus the pleasure of worship. Hedonism, live for pleasure and for self, versus holiness. A propaganda of the media, you know, repeat this after me, uh, versus discernment and the truth of God's word. We are being offered deception in the world, but we need the spiritual discernment. Hollywood is often at war with history, you know, inspired by real events. Some of this actually happened. Um, most of it isn't. <laughs> and uh, it's just unbelievable how much they can twist things. So, you know, we mustn't go to Hollywood for history or think, Oh, I know what happened there because I saw the film. It was mm, Well, maybe you've got the opposite. Uh, pornography versus purity. Blasphemy versus honoring God. It is totally unacceptable how so much media has made blasphemy of the name of Christ and of God uh, acceptable and mainstream, um, whereas they wouldn't let you say something disrespectful of Muhammad or Mandela or Mao or Marx, uh, but uh, you can blaspheme Christ. Well, that's not acceptable. I mean, let's let's be consistent here. And again, when you look, peer pressure, you meant to just follow the herd. But what about fearing God, not man? And perversion? Nope. We want families, not perversion. Ignorance and cynicism? We need to reject and replace with knowledge and faith. And Christianity is not a blind leap into the dark. It's an intelligent step into light. It's not faith and faith. It's faith and facts and the facts of Scripture and the facts of the resurrection, uh, facts in history, facts in uh, the archaeological digs and facts in manuscript evidence. It's, it's not just in the cloud somewhere. Faith is something solid. That's why it's described in the Bible as like a shield, you know, something solid and metallic uh, that can stop the onslaught to the enemy. And so uh, faith and knowledge is is solid as opposed to ignorance and cynicism. The enemy is pushing indoctrination. This is what you must think. But we need education, teaching people how to think critically. Mm. And there's so much, you know, whether it's political correctness versus freedom of thought or uh, repeating the mantras of the world versus freedom of speech or towing the party line versus freedom of the press or following the herd versus freedom of association, new age interfaith versus freedom of religion. The world wants you to be conformed, but the Bible tells us to rather be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The world's offering us degeneration. We need regeneration. The world uses a lot of guilt manipulation, the politics of guilt and pity. We need real repentance. And instead of guilt and pity, let's have Christian missions and charity, love our neighbor. And they are pushing revolution. Revolution in some ways encapsulates what uh, the anti-Christian elements want. But we want reformation. And they are offering us regression. There's nothing progressive about uh, going back to nudity and cannibalism and paganism and human sacrifice. Uh, no, that's not exactly a progress. That's regression. We need revival. They want you to tattoo your body, but we meant to respect the body as a temple of the Holy Spirit. Socialism offers compulsory confiscation, but 
the Bible stands for voluntary generosity. And there's a world of difference between compulsory confiscation, what's yours is mine, taking, and saying what's mine is yours and being generous and sharing. I mean, totally different. And socialism versus free enterprise. Well, just think of the difference between East Germany and West Germany. That's to build a wall and shoot people in the back to stop them escaping from socialist utopia. That says something. Um, the Berlin Wall was concrete proof that when people have a choice, they choose to be free for mm. some reason. Um, millions of Americans haven't uh, fled across the, from Florida to go to Cuba. It's gone mm. the other way. Yeah. <laughs> people tend to flee towards freedom, not uh, away from it. And so, uh, again, we've got so many uh, of the different mentalities, including salvation through politics. Just vote for this party. Just vote for this bill. Then everything will be fine. We'll be saved. The Bible teaches the depravity of man. You don't change people by changing laws. You change people's hearts through the gospel of Christ in order to transform society. It's not salvation through politics. It's salvation in and through our Lord Jesus Christ alone. And so you can see we've got a huge class of civilizations, a real world war of worldviews, and it's so important that we know where we believe, what we believe, how to defend an argument, and uh, that we uh, know how to understand the times and know what God's people should do. Mm. Amen. Absolutely. So as Christians, we spoke about this at the beginning that we truly have seen a great expanse of the gospel that Christ's kingdom is indeed victorious in the world in many ways. But as we look at these things, what further hope could you give us of victory that will actually overcome these battles, overcome these trials? Yes. Well, uh, in my lifetime, I've seen the Berlin Wall come down, the Iron Curtain collapse, uh, the Soviet Union dismantled, the biggest socialist experiment ever, the biggest promotion of atheism in history, totally failed, completely failed. I mean, Russia was the absolute um, standard bearer of atheism. They were aggressive, malicious, malevolent, on the march, promoting atheism. And they had their atheists coming in and uh, indoctrination in the schools and the commissars. And there was this one time in Russia, we got a lot of friends in Russia and behind Iron Curtain, and one person said, this um, commissar finished his speech against God, and he said, does anybody have anything to say? You know, like he's totally dismantled Christianity. And one student shouted out, Christ has risen. And the entire... Uh, assembly resound with, he has risen indeed. <laughs> and you could just imagine that poor atheist must have really felt crushed. <laughs> and another time, the cosmonaut, after he'd been to outer space, he came and he was going around the school saying, I've been into the heavens and I can tell you there is no God. I mean, considering the extremely small mm. orbit of the earth that this cosmonaut took and knowing the vast expanse of space, that's actually pretty pathetic. But anyway, uh, one little girl in a, a junior school said, but comrade, the Bible says only the pure in heart will see God, <laughs> which, yeah. Um, and so today, if you go to Moscow and just 900 meters from Red Square, there is the Lubyanka Square. Now, the Lubyanka is uh, quite a name. It, it struck terror in the hearts of people in Russia. Uh, if you said you've been called to the Lubyanka or she's had to go to the Lubyanka, you know, your blood would run cold because that was the KGB headquarters. That was secret police headquarters. Mm. Tens of thousands of Christians were arrested, interrogated, tortured, and many hundreds died in Lubyanka. It was a place of terror. And outside was a big statue, massive, colossal, 90-foot statue of uh, Dzenski, Felix Dzenski, the founder of the Cheka, which became the NKVD, which became the KGB. And so the founder of this atheist terror network, secret police, is outside there. Well, in 1991, when the Soviet Union collapsed, the people came and pulled down this massive statue and 
shipped it off to the junkyard. Mm. So the statue came down. And this couldn't, you know, it immediately made you think about the statue in Daniel chapter 2, representing all the empires of the world, the head of gold, the chest of silver, the stomach of bronze, the legs of iron and feet of iron clay, represented the Babylonian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, the Greek Empire, Macedonian Empire of, of um, Alexander the Great, all the way through the Roman Empire, which split into two legs too. And, and then a stone came and struck the statue and the statue crumbled to dust, and the wind blew the dust away, and the stone grew to be a mountain that filled the whole earth, which is explained in Daniel as symbolic of how the kingdom of God will defeat and replace all human kingdoms. Well, the statue came down, and do you know, if you go to Lubyanka Square today, there is a stone in the same square where the statue used to be, and it's not just any stone. It's a stone from Solovetsky Island, up in the Arctic Circle in the White Sea. Uh, Monastery, which was turned to the first prototype communist dictatorship concentration camp, in which 95,000 ministers of the gospel were shot dead, 95,000, mm. in just Solovetsky Island, which is in the White Sea, in the Arctic Circle, where you've got more than six months night, you know, can you imagine? And uh, the, uh, they brought a stone from this, this concentration camp, and they put it in mm. the uh, Lubyanka Square, and that just reminds us, Jesus is a stone which the builders rejected as worthless. Mm. And he has become the chief capstone. So you just look at places like the Soviet Union. I look at places like Mozambique, Angola. There's churches like Chalisa Evangelical Church that had been destroyed by Cubans back in 1980s. Today, rebuilt, packed people. Uh, churches I've been to in Romania which were closed down under Ceausescu's communist regime, which is now reopened after the Christmas Revolution 1989 and restored and... Uh, in so many cases, we can see Jesus Christ is building his church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Mm, absolutely. And Jesus shall reign till he has put all his enemies under his feet. And so we've spoken about a lot of the battlefronts. We've spoken about some good tools, how we um, address these issues, these really the battle for the mind and hearts of our children through media, through education. There is truly hope. We've seen victory in history. We've seen many victories. Even, I mean, right now that Roe v. Wade is in the process of being overturned. I mean, praise God for that. How much work has gone into that? How many prayers have gone into that? And finally, the Lord has answered these prayers, and it looks like it truly is going to be overturned. Mm -hmm. So there is truly hope for victory. So what would you? What are some resources you want to give people going forward from here mm. so that they can be well-equipped for the battle and address these issues in their families? Well, I'll... Biblical Worldview Summits are designed for this, and, and whether you get uh, the Understand the Times book, which evaluates all the different key worldviews uh, on 10 major issues that going everywhere from biology through history, theology, philosophy. Um, Dr. David Noble's Understand Times book is absolutely phenomenal. It is uh, the textbook for worldviews. He's produced a simpler, uh, more compact version for students at, at university called The Battle for Truth. Uh, we've produced Biblical Principles for Africa. I mean, these are good, useful resources and our Biblical Worldview uh, manuals, all available from christianlibertybooks.co.za. So these are good resources. You can go on the frontlinemissionessay.org website and look up our Biblical Worldview seminar, seminars and summits and uh, see some of the lectures, the videos, the audios uh, that you can listen to also of, of different lectures. Uh, those can be helpful. But if you're a parent and you are... Uh, Concern for the education of your children. Christian Liberty Books has got a lot of great educational resource materials uh, from all over the world, including about 110 books that are in-house that we've published. 
My book, which has just been completed, Frontline Behind Enemy Lines for Christ, gives a 40-year overview of so much of the World War of Worldviews on the ground, how it affects the persecuted church from the bush war in Rhodesia, uh, through the killing fields of Mozambique to the battles in Angola, uh, through the Holocaust in Rwanda and the battles for Sudan and the seven-year Jericho prayer march that brought down the Iron Curtain, collapse of Soviet Union and uh, the, the Christmas Revolution in Romania. I mean, there's so many great things in there which I think will encourage people as you see how worldviews affect and and what's behind the persecution church on the ground, and how the church won. So I think there's a lot of hope in those examples of recent history, just in the last 40 years. So Biblical Worldview Summits, we hold them in uh, South Africa and the Cape every January. So you can plan to come to the next Biblical Worldview Summit, get the textbooks like Understand Times, Battle for Truth, Biblical Principles for Africa, Biblical Worldview Manual. All of these are helpful. But if you get Christian textbooks, for your home, then you'll have worldview materials coming in every lecture, every presentation, every textbook uh, for your children. And so uh, the very best is a good Christian curriculum to bring your children up with. And if you know of an independent Christian school near you that is using a Christian curriculum, well, you know, that's the sort of group to support. Hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. <clears throat> and remember, as Paul tells Timothy, he says, "There, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And as Paul says in Ephesians, he says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore. So our call to you is to stand firm in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand firm in the word of God. Stand against the onslaught of this world. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Good night and God bless.